Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He is my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. Look, it's hard to keep up with the news. We know that. We're going to keep it lighthearted. We're going to help you keep up. You know, not too much. We're not going too much into debt. Like, don't you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have a good time, right, Vic? How are you doing? Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I had a nice weekend. My son had figured out finally what he wanted to do for his birthday, and it was paintball. With oh, nice. Nine buddies. So they we went out, we, and I had to take some of them out to Pev's. Pev's in Aldi, Virginia. I don't know if you've been out there. I've mean, uh, been to an Aldi. I don't think I've been to Aldi, Virginia. This is A-L-D-I-E. Very small town. I don't even know what to call it a town, but it's basically off 50, way out there. Okay. Way, way out there. For people who live right, in, right. in the Beltway, man, that's like you're, you're going out to the Arctic. Okay. Or out west. You're going out west. Okay. So yes, the wild the west. The wild west, known as Aldi. And it's funny. So they all have to get around and, and stand around as they give you the explanation about how paintball works and the rules. There's lots of rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is, of course, helmets at all time, you know, for safety and everything else. But also, here's an interesting they said. If you approach your opponent at point blank, you must give that po- opponent the benefit of the doubt and say, surrender, surrender. Do you, okay. do you surrender? Okay. Because they said, we advise that you surrender because the alternative would be like a giant welt. Yes. You know? So I said, okay, that makes sense. That's good. They're trying to keep it civilized. So bringing them, I have to bring home my son and three of his buddies. So I've got four boys. By the way, four. 15-year-olds in my sedan backseat two hours after being hot and sweaty. I was going to ask. Right. <laughs> the car was ripe. I'm like, hit that. Special. I know it was warm, but I'm hitting that air conditioning. Like, man, we got to get this air. I'm, I can, I'm like, shush, I got to breathe out of my mouth. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't do it anymore. So anyway, I'm listening to them. But, you know, as a dad, I don't want to embarrass my son. So I'm just listening. And I hear them talking about like, oh, yeah, did you get so-and-so? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I just... I just approached him from behind and, you know, shot him in the head at point blank. Yikes. They're committing war crimes. That is a war crime. That is a war crime. So that was the one thing. The second thing is a shout out, which is so while we left them there, Kate and I decided to just explore Aldi. And we came across a literal roadside barbecue, which is how hard. I mean, I just randomly and I'm sure people are going to say, oh, you don't know about that place. It's great. Everybody goes is there, there a smoker like on the side of the no, road. The whole deal. The whole deal is right it. off of 50. But the part of 50, that's like a little local road now. Mm-hmm. You can't even believe that it's Route 50. Right. You're going to love it because the name is called Hammerdown. Yes. I'm on my way. This I'm going this weekend to Aldi. We go Hammerdown. You would love it. Your husband, the whole family. But it's very family friendly. I pull in, and I just said, I hope it's not the place where I walk in like the needle skips, you know? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> Why are you with him? Oh, her. Sorry. So anyway, him, that'd be even worse there. No, but it was very family-friendly. I had the uh, pulled, uh, no, a brisket sandwich. It was really, really good. Different kinds of sauces. Love it. A really sort of down-to-earth place. What is your favored sauce for a pork Oh, pork? that's Okay. I, I, it's a charged I, question. This is a charged question. I, I don't want to offend certain people. In general, right, my go-to mm-hmm. is going to be a Kansas City kind of a barbecue sauce because it's zesty ketchup barbecue sauce. Like it's your traditional, what the rest of the world understands as barbecue sauce. Right, right. I'm told. However, I dabble in North Carolina, which is very vinegary. Yes. And so what I would do is I'd have part of the Kansas City and then dabble it. Dip yeah, it that's not a in bad, the vinegar. That's not a bad strategy. 
what is interesting, but I'm not really interested in. Like, I've tried it, but it's not my thing is Georgia Savannah, which is the the mustard. Okay. They like their mustard down there? I they guess. do. They do. So That's weird I, for barbecue sauce. So I'm just a, I'm just sour, not sweet. So I like mustard oh, or so vinegar. Oh, so you're definitely not Kansas City. No, like. mustard or vinegar, nothing, nothing over there by the Mississippi. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. Yeah. And Western North Carolina barbecue, famously, there's a fight between Eastern North Carolina and Western. No kidding. The one that's known as North Carolina barbecue is the vinegar-based okay. pulled pork, Eastern style. What's Western? However, Western is more like a Kansas City style. And Ooh. there's a big fight within the state about which one you should eat. Obviously, Eastern is the correct answer. Although I will say, sometimes when it's, like, sometimes some of the sauces are just vinegar. And I'm like, that that's not cutting it. I need I need a little bit more to You need it. to it. Well, this is interesting because this... North Carolina style was very clear-ish. Yes. You know, like I, but... I just need a little bit more effort on yes. the sauce than just vinegar. I love just vinegar, but I need something else. My dad used to make a homemade one that was a little bit of ketchup and a lot of vinegar and salt and pepper. And it was very simple. Delicious. I made a vinegar-based one that I talked about. I used to talk about on the Sub Beacon, which reminded me of the North Carolina one almost exactly because it has the elements of hot sauce and vinegar yes. in one and it, but it's Thai, and it's called prick dong. That's right. I think so remember I, the prick dong. I make I a good I've one. I think I've heard this I make before, a good one. and not just on the internet. Thank you. Oh, question for you though: What kind of barbecue? If you could choose a barbecue, what yeah. kind of meat are we talking about? What do you? Oh, like? definitely pig. Pork okay. all day long. Okay. All right. There's there's some dispute also in North Carolina. Basically, all we call barbecue is pork. Like other things are called different things. You can't oh. call them barbecue. So it's a, there's a lot of rules. It's much like paintball, but with pork well, in I, North Carolina. Coming from New Jersey, I'm still learning, as you know, even yes. though I've been here for many years now, but it's still a learning experience. Well, I'm going to try this place. I'm excited. got to try it. I like brisket. That's what I like. All right. I'll accept it. And, but but pork ribs. I've had beef ribs. Not the same. Yeah. Pork gotta ribs be, all Got to be pork ribs. By the way, I have been shot with a paintball at Point Blank, and it is extremely painful. Oh. And mine didn't even bust which apparently oh, makes, yeah. it, makes it more painful well technically if it doesn't bust you're still in the game i guess so yeah i won in fact it was actually it was actually at a retreat for a ministry that i was part of and i was like what are we doing here what are what are we i also almost drowned on that retreat that's a story for another day anyway <laughs> but i'm not surprised you won because as i don't know how many listeners of ours know you're a pretty good shot I am a decent just, shot. We don't have to get into details. I'm a decent shot. But you're a very good shot. She's a Marxist. Listeners, she's been proven a Marxist woman in Quantico. Well, you know, it was against a magazine staff. It wasn't against, like, the Marines. I wasn't there. I missed that one. So. How, how are you? What's My going? husband's yeah. listening right now, like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she's a really good shot. Uh, uh, I am not professionalized, no. But I, I do, I fare pretty well on the occasion when I... Cool, think. calm, and collect. Thank you, thank you. The key is to exhale and then pull the trigger. Okay, how are you? I'm good. I just want to tell you one brief story about financial planning with Mary Catherine Ham. <laughs> so the way that I work is that occasionally I have, I have flights of fancy. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I ramp up and I get very excited about the thing that I'm doing. And then like three weeks later, it's over and you never hear about it again. <laughs> one of these things that has happened many times over the course of my life is I'm going to learn to play guitar. Obviously, I can learn to play oh, guitar. Yeah. I've learned to play other instruments. Why couldn't I learn to play guitar? I have a guitar downstairs that my father bought me some now 18 years ago that it still is not being played regularly. 
I'm wondering how what this has to do with financial oh, just advice. Wait, just is what, wait. This is what I'm really so I'm curious like, this about. Is, this, okay. this is great. I'm a better person in the new year. I'm going to Google some some guitar lessons, right? Because on YouTube, there's all the things you could ever need in the whole world are on YouTube. So I'm like, I look for a list of like the best guitar lessons that are on YouTube. And for I, free. I mean, yeah, obviously. And I find some guy. But when I find the guy who's free, there's, I got worked so hard. There's a click clickable ad for another service. This guy named Tony. And I'm like, for some reason, Tony seems compelling to me. The ad run on the beginning of this YouTube is like, huh, interesting. This is an interesting approach, Tony. And he's talking about just 10 minutes a day. It sounds very appealing. Compelling instructionally or looks wise. No, no, no. Just, just as a personality. Oh, he okay. seemed like somebody I could listen mm-hmm. to. When you see him, it's not, it wasn't looks. He's got like a, a giant beard. He's very yeah, okay, like, yeah, yeah. very okay, guitar yeah. instructor. But it looks like the real deal. So I click through on the ad and it's like, you know, it gives you some promo that like you're going to get a class and I'm like oh great free cl- free promo class let's check this out <laughs> click on it. and I know as it's happening about 10 minutes into the class which okay. is just a pitch for yeah. his paid class I'm like I am getting so worked over right now Tony is convincing me that I need to buy this package of guitar classes versus the free. online versus the free YouTube right but the, the pitch is very compelling. Ten minutes a day, make it a habit. I'm going to give you something to do every day, which is key for me because someone just needs to tell me what practice I need to do. I can't I, – I'm not a self-starter in that are, way. Are you starting from scratch or do you know some basic chords? I mean, I know a little as, bit of – As Bono would say, three chords in the truth. I don't know much, but I am a – I know music. Okay, okay. So, my, so I understand sure. how fretting works. I understand oh. what the, what the yes. strings do and all of that. So it makes some sense to me. Mm-hmm. I just have never really mastered like transitioning chords and all that stuff. So I'm listening to the pitch and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like sitting in an infomercial right now and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm the sucker. That's who I am. And here's the part that really got me, right? There were a couple parts that were compelling, but the part that really got me was like, the only way you can enroll is through this class that you're watching right now, which is just a 25 minute pitch. And he's like, why do you think that I would make it so that there's this barrier to signing up for this class. It's because it weeds out the people who don't really want to be a part of the class. And I want you to be a part of the class because you have proven that you are the special kind of person Mm -hmm. who sits through 25 minutes of Tony talking in order to sign up for the class. And I was like, I knew it was happening. Intellectually, I knew that he doesn't really care. But my heart was like, Tony wants me in the class, Colt. I mean, class. Yes. And <laughs> and so then I checked the price. And of course, it's one of these like, if you pay annually, it's this much per month. If you pay per month, it's more, right? And I'm like, well, a year. Normally, I'd be the, the cheapskate and I would do the cheap one or, you know, free, which was my original plan. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but oh, that, that 16 bucks a month sounds like very doable, right? That sounds like reasonable. 16 a month. But that's if okay. you do the year purchase, Uh-oh. right? <laughs> So, How often are these lessons? Oh, they're every day. You do 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day? Yes. So so then here's the, here's the financial planning part. I thought to myself, how do I justify this expense? Because I'm going to join the cult. Mm-hmm. I'm in class of Tony. And knowing that I'm being totally worked with this pitch. And I go, you know what? I'm probably wasting money on some other subscription that I've forgotten about. Yes. Because that's what I do. 
And so I go to my Apple manager and sure enough, there's some like self, there's some betterment app in there that I never clicked on again that I'm paying, wait for it, over $20 a month for just for a couple months, but I had forgotten about it. So I'm like, this motivates me to cancel that subscription and get this one that I will fizzle out on in three months. But the point is, Vic, I made money. I made money signing up for guitar lessons because that's $4 extra a month that I just made. That is a great way to look at it. And by the way, I am providing for my family and learning to play guitar for the next three or four weeks. That's like one cup of coffee. So he gives you an assignment every day. That's what I need. I need to go to the website and someone says, here's what we're learning today. It is fun. Here's how you do it. Go forth and do it. You do it for just a few minutes and then you move on. And does he do a thing like, and at the end of the year, you'll sound like this. And then it's like Eric Clapton. No, I, there were not huge pro- – this is what I liked about the pitch. It was a genius pitch because it wasn't huge promises made. It was just oh. like we're going to do basic progress every day, which is the thing I'm not good at. You know what is the key to all success? Consistency. You know what I don't have? Consistency. Whereas my husband is a very consistent person, by the way. He's learning about this financial decision through this podcast. <laughs> does he, does, I don't think he'll begrudge me. Is he musically, is he musically inclined? I think he might have played a brass instrument at some point in school, but okay. he is not. All right. He doesn't play anything now. But I play piano and clarinet and bass yes. clarinet. These are not social or portable instruments, no, right? No, piano is not. And, and that's so what I've always been jealous that my brother and my dad could play guitar because it's so, you know, I I want to be that douchebag at a party. I, <laughs> no, I, I was listening to, you know, on Apple Music, and it, went, it was uh, there was a whole Simon and Garfunkel thing I was going through. And it's beautiful, and it's great. You know, songs like Bleecker Street or right. Mrs. Robinson. It's really cool. You know, you could do this whole thing. I don't have the. I've tried it because my dad plays guitar. He still does. He does electric and he does you know acoustic. He's really good. He, Gosh, he's Doctor Mattis. He could do, but it's like fifty surfer rock is his. Specialty I love because surfer that was when rock. he was yeah. you know in his twenties. So he could do pipeline and do the whole yes, thing. Can he play Sleepwalk for me? Yeah, it's yeah, no, you know what? Song. I've never he does he does Walk Don't Run, which is another good one. Oh, that's a great. And I don't. And I so I've I've played with his guitars. My, it hurts my I can't do it with my fingers. I, know, I don't you, have the blisters. Apparently, yeah, you got to get the calluses. So I'm going to be working on that. I've so if d- I complain I've, about those, or if I don't because I give up in a week. But Tony says I won't give up. I have delicate piano fingers, but they can go octave plus two. Ooh, whatever that's they a, call that. That's a flex. Yeah, Look that's at this a big, guy. You like that? That's a flex. <laughs> the only thing is it drives kid, the kids crazy because I, you know, it takes practice. Yes. And they then they get so sick of the song. Anyway. All right. Enough about my solid financial advice. So anyway, if you want to make four bucks a month, just waste 25 or so and then buy another That's thing. totally true. <laughs> oh, righty. Let's talk about the news. You know, every now and then the Saturday Night Live monologue becomes <laughs> a thing. It becomes a thing. Yeah. And I usually don't watch SNL because I can't stay up that late. <laughs> but I check in. And it's not. Uh, not it's not that great. Yeah. So Woody, Woody Harrelson was the host this weekend. And I really like Woody Harrelson. So I might have tuned in had I known that. Just kidding. I would have fallen asleep because I had this very needy baby. But, <laughs> but I could watch on the internet. And what I found was uh, on the internet, everyone was freaking out. Yep. About Woody Harrelson, he has a, an upcoming movie, by the way. He was there to promote called Champions, which is directed, I think, by one of the Farrelly brothers. So promising. And it's about a washed-up 
minor league basketball coach charged with coaching a team of community center kids with intellectual disabilities. So it's like, and it's got a cast of kids who've never, many of whom have never acted before. Okay. And also that chick from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Caitlin Olson. Okay. Who I heart as well. Anyway, so he's there. Everybody flip it out about Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is spreading COVID conspiracy theories on SNL. And I thought, that seems like a lot for an SNL monologue. So I went and listened. There's roughly, what, 10, 11 minutes of monologue? Or what? No, more like eight minutes of monologue. It's a long one. Here, here's the part that everyone's flipping out about. Oh, I should set this up a bit. He's talking about he's talking about smoking weed in Central Park right. and reading a script. High as a kite. High as a kite in Central Park, and he's going to explain to us what the movie is about. And this is in 2019, before the pandemic. So, lay, lay your head on the palm, fire up a hooter from Jeremy, and start reading. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes, and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea <laughs> being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. Anyway, we got a great show for you. That's the way you always save it at the end. Anyway, we got a great show. There was nervous laughter and credit to him as a longtime veteran actor to be perceptive and say, okay, I got to jump to the next one and make the joke that I do drugs all the time. That got the chuckle. There was silence. Yeah, and I I liked the soft landing because it's like when this is this is why it's political correctness and wokeness or whatever you want to call it just makes art so bland because you don't need to know exactly where Woody Harrelson is on COVID to get a joke about COVID. It's it's okay, guys. You can laugh at the ridiculousness ridiculousness of this, but he does he does give it the soft landing with the I do drugs all day every day which I think is skillful. But the fact that everybody's making this giant deal out of this one joke in seven or eight minutes of talking that was fairly light. By the way, his sin here, if there is one, is that he's just expressing what the left would have expressed about pharma and government oh. like more like three years ago, yeah. but now they don't do that anymore. Well, if yeah, <laughs> the shoe were on the other foot. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing, right? So... I, I just found it odd that there's all this hoopla over one joke. And I kind of suspected that, which, I, which is why I listened to the whole monologue. He, by the way, is delightful. I like him so much. He calls himself, well, he says he's red and blue. He calls himself a, a redneck hippie, which is, I think, No, you know, I think I think that's fair. Stoner and philosopher, redneck hippie. He's, he is, I like his work and he's goofy. I find it to be a bit of a nut job. But I think that Yes, but be, in a lovable way. In a way. lovable way. In a lovable way. It is funny, this convergence, Mary Catherine, between sort of the general anti-vax skeptics and then the COVID anti-vax skeptics right. who are basically polar opposites. You thought, you know, people like Woody Harrelson, who were very anti-conservative through, yes. you know, for, for many years. And then all, all the- He's a big environmentalist. Oh, the He's whole a deal. vegan. Yeah. He's a, you know, the whole deal. And then the people He gets on arrested the hanging on trees so that they don't cut them down, that kind of thing. But suddenly they both agree yeah. on something. 
And, you know, it's this weird sort of, okay, this is weird, but here we are all together. Also, it's okay to be wary yeah. of these giant, powerful entities and to make jokes about them on national TV. That's right. okay. Right. And it's weird that the left is like, oh, my God, he's making jokes about pharma and the government. Well, again, yeah. this is like people coming to the defense of, and we'll get to this topic later on the show, East Palestine and the the reactions of Department of Transportation and the Environmental Protection Agency and downplaying the hazards in East Palestine because it's the Biden administration. Where nor and, and the Republicans are the ones saying this is an environmental disaster. This is the worst thing that's ever happened since, you know, whatever. So, the, again, you're seeing this role reversal. And it's the same thing with here. By the with, way. With the vaccine and Big Pharma. Again, suddenly they're coming to the defense of I know, Big Pharma. I know. Big Pharma is good. By the way, I assume what will happen next is he's going to get attacked Many on the right, particularly in just the online world, are going to be like, he's our guy. Oh. He's our guy because he expressed this thing. He's really not. He's a man of the left. No. He's, you know, a, again, a bit of a nutjob stoner philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> but he is sort of heterodox in Hollywood on COVID protocols. Oh, sure. So he spoke to the New York Times and was a little more explicit. He's talking about doing movies like Champions and more indie style or mm -hmm. middle budget movies. And he says, the business obviously changed. Those movies that go into the theaters, people want to see action, Marvel, Marvel or the Tom Cruise thing, which doesn't necessarily bode well for a movie like Champions. But I'm hopeful that people go see it. I don't know. I've been lucky. I was glad to do Carnage and such, but my heart is more with movies like this and the indies. Now, to get an indie done, especially with all the COVID protocols, which to me are rather absurd, I don't know what's going to happen. He's afraid that it's going to kill these smaller budget films. The reporter asked what's absurd about the COVID protocols, the interviewer was good, by the way. He was not judging mm -hmm. any of this. He was actually asking questions. <laughs> and Woody Harrelson says, the fact that they're still going on. I don't think that anybody should have the right to demand that you're forced to do the testing, forced to wear the mask, and forced to get vaccinated three years on. I'm just like, let's be done with this nonsense. It's not fair to the crews. I don't have to wear the mask. Why should they? Why should they have to be vaccinated? How's that not up to the individual? I shouldn't be talking about this expletive. It makes me angry for the crew. The anarchist part of me, I don't feel... We should have to be we should have forced testing, forced masking or forced vaccination. That's not a free country. Really, I'm talking about the crew because I can get out of wearing a mask. I can test less. I'm not in the same position they're in, but it's wrong. It's three years. Stop. Wow. And Woody Harrelson never did another movie. Right. No, he, he he's lucky that he, you know, because of his stature that he can get away with really saying what 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 a lot of people believe, but are otherwise afraid to say. And good for, good for him. Well, you know, he's smart. Yeah. He's smart to talk about the crew because. It, it, it is, it is the, true. At all of these events, it's like the servers who still have yeah. to be masked. And you know half that Hollywood audience probably isn't vaccinated or there's they certain people who are who yeah. abstained. And they don't right? see this as a, as a problem at all yeah. that they they don't have to, but the other people do. That's not a class concern it's, at it's, all. It's the same thing in Stephen Colbert in, on The Late Show, right? He's not masked, but apparently the audience still is yeah. or has been at least until recently. I had a couple thoughts on Woody. One, I think he was never the same. After he did Natural Born Killers. That's my theory. That movie freaked me out. Yeah, it's wacky. And I, I, and I appreciate the movie as a commentary on the, our media-soaked, media-obsessed culture. It's like cable guys holding about TV bad, the whole thing, right? And we make celebrities out of these people. That's, that's one thing. And apparently Oliver Stone was playing crazy music that the entire time. It was making him crazy. The other thing is, did you know about Woody Harrelson's father? No. Convicted murderer. Really? Killed a judge. He was a contract killer. Wow. Yeah, crazy. So there's that. There's that. There's that. And But lastly, 
bringing up Woody Harrelson, I love my in-laws, but one of the funny things they do is you'll mention somebody, like they're not keeping current, and you'll say, oh, Woody Harrelson did this or that. And like my mother-in-law say, oh, Woody Harrelson, what has he been doing since Cheers? <laughs> That's what they'll say. Quite a few things. Quite just a few out. things. And, and like, and my, my in-laws will also say this about Drew Barrymore. I love it. And they'll be like, oh, that's... she was so great in E.T. That's what they say. They'll be like, that poor Drew Barrymore. <laughs> After that, because they heard about the drugs. Right, you know? right, right. And then that was it. That was the last thing she did was E.T. Oh, man. Well, I, I like Woody Harrelson because I like an improbable movie star, which is what yeah. I feel like he, he he started out as sort of a cute, even a little bit heartthrob bumpkin yeah. on Cheers. He was like the good looking bartender mm-hmm. goof. Yeah. And then with Natural Born Killers, he became this totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he's turned out to be this very interesting character actor yeah. who is also a household name. That is a strange combination of things. Also, now that he's older, I would say his looks lend him more to a character actor than oh, yeah. than his old right. style of right. role. Right, he's not right? the same guy as white man can jump. Can right. jump so. It's a different different era. Yeah. Damn it, Billy! I like that impression. That's good. <laughs> a classic. A cl- yeah. I saw that in the theater. Oh. I did. Interesting. See, I've been with Woody Harrelson from the beginning, guys. Yeah. Anyway, an improbable career, I think, and an interesting guy who's a little loopy and fun, and I enjoy him very much. So, I hope he doesn't get canceled. It doesn't look like he is. People are still being normal about Woody Harrelson, even after this one joke and one paragraph. You see the comments, the people who are upset and why they're upset. It's like, oh, he can make fun because he's okay. I mean, it's really. I mean, it has been three years, guys. Yeah. Like, do you really need to know so-and-so has COVID because it might give you a mild at this point, this variant symptoms? Speaking of useless mandates. Oh, yeah. Our buddy Novak Djokovic. Oh, yeah. Is he the best tennis player in the world? I think so. Top rank? There are others. I mean, it's He's like, it's among, arguable, but yeah. Among the very elite. He certainly has the title. Uh, he's to, uh, he's show currently for it. unable to play in America because we have a rule that unvaccinated foreigners are not allowed in America off camera. Points to a picture of people flooding over the border in Eagles Pass, Texas. I'm sure I'm sure that's Oh, are. I forgot about those. <laughs> it's Folks. it is so absurd. It's so absurd. The, the vaccine doesn't do what it would need to do to make this mandate make sense. And also we have an uncontrolled Because it's border. an actual law. It says that yeah. if you are coming into the United States as a non-citizen, you must show, right? You must show proof of vaccination still. Yes. So tennis, Except for if you're crossing over. Tennis great examples. John McEnroe, never one to keep his mouth shut, had something to say about this. He says... It would be absurd if he couldn't play Indian Wells or Miami upcoming Mm -hmm. U.S. tournaments or any other tournament in the U.S. It's absurd they threw him out of Australia last year. I had my vaccines. I respect that he's chosen not to do it. I would have done it, but that's a whole other issue. He played the U.S. Open in 2021 and then wasn't allowed to play in 2022. Someone explained that to me. And now he's still not permitted to play. I mean, it's absurd. It's that's what it is. A notice notice absurd has been used by both people. And I think that's because that's the the it's an absurdity. It is a reminder of how hard it is to remove laws, especially at a national level, and that a lot of people are just sort Weird of, how quick they were to implement. I know. And but, automaton like rule followers, even though it makes no sense. So, I mean, yes, the law is still there. We must follow the law is how they're seeing this. But why? Why is this in place? Because let me ask, is the concern, we're not going to let Novak Djokovic play because he's not vaccinated and he may have covid 
and give it to me, and I've only had five shots. Yeah, making it making him different from no one else on the tour. He could right? literally play against another player, an American citizen who's not vaccinated. Yes. So the American player not vaccinated can play at Which Indian Wells, but Djokovic has to be because maybe the European variant is more deadly. What also doesn't make sense is that I presume that this would be part this rule would be part of the relaxing of COVID emergency restrictions at the end of the pandemic, which is, of course, scheduled for May. May, yeah. So so maybe he could just get an exemption before the technical end of the pandemic that we've declared happening yeah, in May. Yeah, U.S. Open It's is very hard August, to get on the pandemic's so. calendar, as I've said. you got to set, yeah, set it two months right, in advance. That's right. But And this comes, of course, in, in light of these two big reports, right? The one is the Lancet that had a report that said that Natural immunity and the antibodies right. do a great job in keeping people healthy and lessening the severity right. of symptoms in COVID. If I were an Olympic athlete running up to the Olympic Games for Beijing and they were like, I believe you you weren't required to get vaccinated to play, but it was like strongly encouraged. I would have passed. You don't know what that's going to do to your body. And you've no. been working all this time to optimize the exact thing you need to do. Yeah. And sure, I would have done it. Mary Catherine Ham spreads COVID vaccine <laughs> conspiracies. Anyway, on to the Department of Energy. Part of our very own government oh, is, is spreading spreading COVID conspiracy theories. Lies. Can you believe Lies. it, Vic? This is the Wall Street Journal. We're very heavy on conspiracy theories today. Sponsored by Should we talk about that, that, that Clinton-related death next? Anyway, <laughs> very heavy on conspiracy theories. The U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak. This is reported by The Wall Street Journal, according to a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress. The shift by the Energy Department, which previously was undecided on how the virus emerged, is noted in an update to a 2021 document by the Director of National Intelligence Office. The new report highlights how different parts of the intelligence community have arrived at disparate judgments about the pandemic's origin, Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. Four other agencies, along with the National Intelligence Panel, still judge that it was likely the result of natural transmission, and two are undecided. The Energy Department made this judgment with, quote, low confidence, according to the people who have read the classified report. You know what's... I, I guess we're uh, allowed to talk about it now. You know what's amazing is the backtracking and the downplaying. So if I could just jump right to that, right? Please Let do. me just jump right to that. I was watching yesterday John King on CNN. He had two health experts on and talking about this, oh, this Department of Energy statement that this thing happened. Right. And the question was something to the effect – you know what the question – his question was something to the effect of, let me ask you, is it, is it really helpful to go back and say who was right or wrong? Is it really helpful? That's the question you want to know? Journalists against truth. And, and, and then after – the segment is over. He adds to it and says, well, as we know, it's, it's not helpful fighting the last fight when we're trying to fight the next fight. Hi, there you go. D don't go back. Open and shut. Don't go back and try to remember all the people who were censored, ridiculed, criticized. Well, and on that note, Reason Magazine has helpfully gathered a few of the headlines oh, about this good, from, from back in the good day. Good for them. Good for oh, This is 2020 Vox. The conspiracy theories about the origins of the coronavirus debunked. Media Matters, Joe Rogan spreads unfounded conspiracy theory that COVID-19 started in a lab. This is the health reporter for the New York Times. Someday we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit its racist roots. But alas, that day is not yet here. That was 2021, May of 2021. The New York health 
reporter yeah. who was reporting on COVID. Yeah. Senator Tom Cotton repeats fringe theory of coronavirus origins. That's the New York Times. Tom Cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus fringe theory that scientists have disputed. The Washington Post. NPR, scientists debunk lab accident theory of pandemic emergence. And it goes on and on and on. And the, the more aggressive ones are like, this is straight up racist, in addition to being made up. Turns out, it's just like, probably true. Why? Everyone is so full of it. The question, Mary Catherine, my question to why... Were so many people so fully invested in the belief that this thing had to have jumped species in a wet market in Wuhan and ignore the Wuhan Institute of Virology where coronavirus exists and we also helped fund gain of function through Dr. Anthony Fauci. This is not conspiracy theory. This New, is fact. In fact, Fauci recently told a senator while being while testifying, oh, no, we're going to continue to fund Chinese research because like even though we don't get all the information from them because it's a communist country mm -hmm. and they don't give us all the information and this terrible dangerous thing has happened and possibly we had something to do with it with our taxpayer money we're just going to keep doing it because something bad might happen if we don't I mean it's it's ludicrous it is and I think the the only reason why they're so fully invested in believing that it cannot be a lab leak and what do they say right as you were saying oh Low confidence, not high confidence. It's low confidence, so maybe that means it's not. Yeah, true. no, that's the that's the thing everybody. And ignore saying. the FBI's moderate confidence report on right. this. Okay. Also, none of the other agencies have come on board. And also, as Stephen Colbert himself said last night, stay in your lane, Department of Energy. Focus on more electric charging stations for oh. cars. Why is Department of Energy doing this? Let's make oh, a joke no. about it, yeah. and don't take them seriously. Why? And the reason is Trump. Yeah. Because he was saying it, therefore they had to be against well, it. Well. And I think there's another part of it, too, which is that our under our left-leaning brethren, our posture towards China is if they do something bad and, and or aggressive, that we need to worry about our response to the bad aggressive thing ticking them off. Like they don't pay consequences no. for doing terrible things. No. We worry about it's like an abusive relationship. We worry about our our mm -hmm. reaction triggering them. Yes. Right. So right. if it came from a lab, then that might mean we might actually have to act in some way and hold them accountable, which then would be scarier and dangerous and right wingy and terrible. Right. That's but it right. remains that this probably man made thing shut down the world, killed millions of people. Mm -hmm. And China's just like, cool, you guys come to the Olympics. And everybody was like, Roger that we'll be there. It's amazing because I'm not even I'm not saying and there are people I know who believe in the conspiracy theory that not only was this a lab leak, but it was intentional to kill the world and get rid of all the old people in China. I'm not buying that. I'm saying it right here. But did it come out of that lab? That is the most obvious thing. I mean, John, cue, John, John Stewart. Cue the very famous John Stewart yeah, audio. Vindicated. Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That, that could By be. By the way, Let me... I gave them all tuberculosis. Just yes. 
That could, that could very well be. And Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease. Wait a second. Wait a second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because. In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a wait local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats <laughs> no, anywhere else. Like oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night. Every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be in Austin. Coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. <laughs> Yes. Where they have a lab called, what's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan what? Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Ron Johnson. This is not a conspiracy. Here's it, the thing it, about it's science. A, you could be right. Here's, you could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop, and nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, yeah, I don't know if we should do that. Like, they're, uh, a few I agree, years back. I agree with you. If science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, oh, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, okay, well, let's kill 10,000 cats to find out why. And you're like, that's what science does. They, they push things. They, they do the thing like, okay, listen to this. So, a few years back. You know, we stopped filming a lot. I understand time that. Ago. Can I tell you something? This is. This is what happens. I've been... I... I've... I've been alone for so long. And when I realized that the laboratory was having the same name, first name and last name, of the evil that had been plaguing us, I thought to myself, that's up. <laughs> listen, listen to what I'm saying. John, they, I'll tell you what I'm suspicious of. I'm gonna, I'll tell you what I'm suspicious of. I'm suspicious of the Daytona Beach Spring Break Herpes Lab. <laughs> that might be where all the herpes comes from. Uh, I've, I've been to that lab. Oh, I know. <laughs> I want to side with Jonathan Turley, who writes in the New York Post, and this is just a very good, succinct way of saying how I feel about this. He said, for my part, the most alarming aspect was the censorship, not the science. There will continue to be a debate over the origins of COVID-19, but now there will be an actual debate. For years, the media and government allied to treat anyone raising a lab theory as one of three possibilities, conspiracy theorist or racist or racist conspiracy theorist. So now we actually get to have the conversation. And I'm, I'm just, I'm with him. Like what, yeah. you don't have to be married to any particular theory, but you can also see that maybe we should talk about the theories and that that would get us to a better answer. This is, this is the problem with censorship all over the place. Can I tell you what the worst pushback is to the, to the Department of Energy's report and people saying we knew it all along, vindicate, you know, the whole thing. The pushback from the other side is what's your evidence? Did they just say that? Like, like they totally memory hold genuinely in themselves that because what's your proof that government tried to censor us? There's no proof. Well, this is this is the argument about lockdowns too. Unless mm -hmm. you were 
unless you were literally welded into your apartment or condo oh, yeah, or say. home, say. there was no lockdown. And by the way, if you had let us weld you into your apartment or condo or home mm-hmm. with a robust police action, police state action, we would have solved the pandemic. So you jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you that's how you get rid of the virus if nobody ever comes out because it, as we see because it works so well in China. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Who we can trust to give us all the information about Go the on for this experiments that we're funding. <sighs> Again, like people are going to hear the part about the Fauci and the funding and think that we're being crazy. Yeah. No, no, no. He said it to Congress. It's a real thing that we should be concerned about. And one more note on a prominent media figure mm-hmm. who's, who's pushed back on this is bad. Mehdi Hassan, who's, oh. I believe, MSNBC yeah. now. Yeah. He's like, OK, fine. So say that's the case. <laughs> what difference does it make to U.S. policy and how do we get more people vaccinated? Mm-hmm. I- I'm sorry, what? Like, that's his... His thought is that it matters not at all no. where this came from. What they from. try to do. It also. matters. The truth matters not at all. Discussing what could be the truth mm-hmm. matters not at all. Holding people accountable also doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is holding these anti-vax red, red state rubes yeah. accountable for yeah. their non-vaccination because that's the actual problem. That's the problem. And also the reason why we didn't think that it might come from a lab leak is because of all these crazy conspiracy theories. So blame them for convincing us. That it wasn't. We're being served well. We're in the best of hands. Oh, I should have said served well earlier, and then I could have transitioned. Do back and roll. Ah! Pretty good left-handed serve. All right. (laughs) All righty. Up next, a fact check. Getting hammered. Fact check. And an update on East Palestine, which is the Ohio community that has been plagued by hazardous chemicals and fire and all sorts of literal and figurative fallout since February 3rd when a Norfolk Southern train went off the tracks there. It was, of course, a long time before major administration officials deigned to visit. In fact, a day after Trump visited, Pete Buttigieg's, Buttigieg, why can't I say things today? <laughs> Pete Buttigieg of the Department of Transportation showed up in East Palestine under some criticism about why he hadn't been there sooner. But one of the pushbacks on this that you'll see a lot of places is that Trump era rollbacks of regulations are what caused the derailing and therefore for Trump to go there was bad and icky and also none of this is Biden's fault or Buttigieg's fault and they shouldn't have to show concern about it so everybody shut up is that do I am yes I'm being fair that's right okay here's a Washington Post headline and you gotta love the 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 beginning of this sentence this is a headline from the fact checker so far Trump's rollback of regulations can't be blamed for Ohio train wreck. We decided to examine every possible right re- so far. Okay, just I just picked up on that. Yeah. Sorry, it is it is still being investigated. So fine, mm-hmm. but I feel like the so far is a bone for those who are convinced that Trump was the one who caused this. We decided to examine every possible regulatory change made under Trump that could be related to the accident and assess whether it could have made an impact. A preliminary report by the NTSB, that's National Transportation Safety Board which is investigating the incident, said the Norfolk Southern crew received an alert about an overheated wheel bearing and was trying to slow the train before it came off the tracks. From our analysis, none of the regulatory changes made during the Trump administration at this point can be cited as contributing to the accident. This has not stopped anybody from saying that. And look, I'm open to the idea that rollback of regulation could have caused this, but it appears that that was not the case. So we need to wrestle with that. So... I'm not the biggest fan, obviously, of overregulation. 
But there are certain areas where I think, yeah, we need to have some sort of federal oversight, particularly when it comes to, you know, meat facilities. So we're not like all Important. getting E. coli and right. things. I mean, and really having enough of these inspectors is a big deal because it's an awful, awful thing. But props to the chairwoman of the National Transportation Safety Board, Jennifer yes. Homendi. So she was tweeting about this. Yes. And she says, basically pleading with everyone to stop the misinformation. She says, hold on, that leads me to my last point, which is in a long thread on Twitter. Anyone speculating about what happened, didn't happen, or should have happened is misleading a suffering community. Please stop spreading misinformation. For example, some are saying the ECP, electronically controlled pneumatic brake rule, this is the one Mm -hmm. at issue, if implemented, would have prevented this derailment. False in all caps. Here's why. The ECP braking rule would have applied only to high-hazard flammable trains. The train that derailed in East Palestine was a mixed freight train containing only three placarded Class Mm -hmm. 3 flammable liquid cars. This means even if the rule had gone into effect, this train wouldn't have had those type of brakes. So it made no difference in this actual... That won't change the fact that people want to talk about that, including, you know, who's fighting against her in in the mission... To, to stop the spread of misinformation is one Pete Buttigieg who's appearing on MSNBC with Joy Reid. And here's that oh. Sort of theatrics of Donald Trump being in Palestine were odd. Uh, but this is a community that voted overwhelmingly for him. The county that uh, Palestine is in voted 71-29 for Donald Trump. And I just want you to sort of reflect on the irony. In 2016, it was 68-26. This is a Trump county. What do you make of the fact that he went there despite the fact that the regulations that he rolled back were partly responsible for this tragedy. I mean, it was definitely an ironic thing to do. Uh, you know, you, you take down regulations, you, you water down regulations, you weaken uh, the power of the administration to deal with freight railroad companies, and then you show up wanting to be uh, a, a great friend of the people who have been impacted by a rail disaster. Uh, you know, this is somebody who, as far as I know, uh, never went to a derailment site uh, when one of those happened on his watch, and there were thousands, uh, even ones with fatalities never even sent his transportation secretary to go. Uh, Now that it's campaign season, uh, I guess things are different. Uh, We were there to work. Whereas Pete Buttigieg was showing his empathy far away on a personal day in Washington, D.C. Personal day. (laughs) Taking a personal day. What they want, you know, it's like what they want, both of them, Joy Reid and Pete Buttigieg want to say is, oh, the irony, all these people who love Trump so much invited the very guy who destroyed their town and will eventually be responsible for the cancer that kills them. That were that our administration says I mean, everything is fine. All clearly causal and yeah. Here's the other thing, but like even even if even if the the braking system did apply to this particular train, which it doesn't, but even if it did apply, the Biden administration had plenty of time to roll back the deregulation. They like put a lot the of regulations yeah. back in place. They could have put it back in place if they felt strongly about it, but they did it. And why? Because again, this did not apply to that. Also, but it is convenient to make Trump the boogeyman. In this look, case. it's. Why is this cabinet member disputing the head of the NTSB? Mm-hmm. The NTSB, by the way, was the federal agency that was immediately yeah, on the ground sure. and immediately aware yeah. of what was happening. The rest of the federal government seemed MIA for quite a long time, right. but the NTSB was on the ground in days and after And she's this a Biden happened. appointee. And, right. And she's saying, please stop spreading this misinformation. Buttigieg is like, I would like to be on your show, Joy, to spread some misinformation in my fake Obama voice. And... <laughs> That's right, because he is the Obama heir apparent. Yes, he was. and he styled himself mm-hmm. in that way. 
And look, it can be awkward on a show to buck your host's premise, but this is an adult whose job it is to do that. And he should have said, well, now, Joy, you know, even if he's friendly with the host, well, now, Joy, let me right. say, let me just let repeat just say, what the NTSB had, my, yeah. my, my colleague, da, 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 da. But no, it's going full. We're going full MSNBC. Do you, do you think Joy Reid will have Jennifer Homendi on? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's upcoming soon. Anyway, just, just keep our facts straight. Okay. No conspiracy theories here. Trust only us. You can join my cult for only $16 a month. <laughs> you can join me for 12 okay. How dare uh-huh. you? Somebody just made money. All righty. <laughs> we talk about the iPhone? Yeah, sure. Oh, my gosh. This is reported in the Free Beacon, originally reported where at a tech site. Mm-hmm. The new iPhone features something that automatically turns on the clean energy charging for any iPhone on the in the United States that runs operating 16, system 16.1 or higher. According to Apple, clean energy charging will try to reduce your carbon footprint by selectively charging when lower carbon emission electricity is available. The feature, quote, won't charge your battery as quickly, quote, if Apple thinks the grid isn't using enough solar. Let me tell you something, Vic. I hate this. I hate it. Probably because I run my battery down a lot and am irresponsible about charging it. And it needed charged quickly. On the spot. On those moments. I discovered this before I read this piece. Mm-hmm. I was looking in my battery settings this weekend and something seemed a little off. And I was looking in my battery settings to make sure that it went to low battery to conserve energy yes. when it's low. And I came across this thing and I read under what it was and was like, Oh no! Give me all the energy. Give me all I want. You the, switched the settings. I want the dirtiest domestic energy going to this iPhone. Notice I don't say dirtiest iPhone because they're already plenty dirty from the yeah, work yeah, that goes on yeah, in China, right. which is the highest emissions country right. in all of the world. And Apple's fine with doing business there. But here, exactly here, yeah. they have to tell me that when I irresponsibly run my phone down to zero, that I need to wait until a solar panel charges it back up. No thank you. You see, you know, I, I would you, I would see this on the phone, which is, it'll say, this phone will be charged up at 4.55 a.m. or whatever time. And I'm like, huh, that's weird, but I'm going to bed, so I don't care. But sure enough, that is what is happening. But suppose you need to charge sooner than that. Then you got to go, they're not going to go out of the way to tell you how to fix that setting. No, they, we didn't. Again, I just stumbled yeah. on it because mm-hmm. I was doing something with my battery settings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what is this thing? And I was like, no, 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 no. You, while you're in there, by the way, you might want to disable the listening devices. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. No, but, but, it, but it is. It says, it yeah. says, by the way, this is what it says when you open it. It's under, if any of you guys are interested, it's under battery and then battery health and charging. Clean energy charging in your region. iPhone will try to reduce your carbon f- footprint by selectively charging when lower carbon emission electricity is available iPhone learns from your daily charging routine so it can reach full charge, blah, 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 blah. No, thank you. No. Do not default to that. You, you, don't, Boo. You, you don't want to reduce your carbon footprint to no, make the world I a better don't. place? I don't. Because, you know, you do that, it offsets what's going on in China and India. Yeah, yeah, sure it does. Yeah. yeah. I'm so anti this. I was so ticked off when I found it. I was like, I've been socially engineered. I mean, also by Tony the guitar guy, but in this case, it ticked me off. There, I'm being served. No, okay? it's, it's a th- you guys it's wait Steph till Ryan. I'm jamming out. You're gonna it's, be so oh, impressed. Yeah, she's gonna be like, help me out here. She's gonna be like, I don't know, 
I'm still trying to Paul figure. Paul McCartney? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure. not a lefty, yeah, though. No, no, or a bassist, but he does everything. He plays every instrument. Brad Paisley, he's a great guitarist. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I was going to think of a female. That's what I was going to say. Bonnie Raitt. There you go. Thank you. Wouldn't, me, have, been, wouldn't have been sad yeah. if I couldn't think of a female no. who was, oh, yeah, no, oh. That, that would be so typical of the show. Right. We're terrible. Let's do Black Coffee. Can you tell us about the Black okay, Coffee Okay, okay, okay. There was an article, what you call the A-head column in the Washington Post, the middle column, which is more colorful, yesterday about the rage and fury of black coffee drinkers around America because they can't get a simple cup of coffee at the local Starbucks or any of these other places anymore because everyone else is ordering insane drinks that I can barely tell if there's any coffee in the drink. Right. And they're looking and there's no recourse for them. Are you and telling me you're not a unicorn frappe orderer? Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> So, first of all, the story is, you know, it's crazy for them. They're waiting in line at the drive-thru, and it's 30 minutes. Why is it? Because everybody's – there's a backup because of all these complicated orders. All they want is black coffee. And they're like, who got, who drinks black coffee, and what goes in that? What goes in <laughs> – tell me, sir, what goes in the black coffee? What do I so, put in there? The funny thing is my daughter, who is – she loves Starbucks as a teenager, of course, and makes fun of me all the time for drinking black coffee, and sometimes – I will go to a Starbucks, like if I have to get my car maintenance, whatever, checked up, I'll walk to the Starbucks and I'll get a black coffee and I'll take a picture of it to send to her, to torment her. <laughs> and I said to her, so like when you're with your friends, what do you get? And I had to write it down. So I okay. have to read it. I, okay. can't act, I have to actually look at this. Quote, venti iced sugar cookie almond milk frappuccino with two pumps toasted iced mocha. Vanilla sweet cream cold foam and whipped cream on top. Wow. I said to her, is there any coffee in that? Yeah. Yeah. That is, and apparently Bless that's, her heart. That is a, that, that, is, that a is a perfect teenager drink. And I, I applaud Do you, know what this you is? for doing that. What, but in my yeah. day, I drank a lot of Clearly Canadian. That was my What is that? Teenager drink. What is that? Is that soda? Is like, <laughs> it, was a soda like from, it was a soda from the 90s. Clearly Canadian? Clearly Canadian. <laughs> was, it, was it a clear soda? Some people will. Understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, we were doing – everything was clear I'm back then. I'm doing this over my head. That's chill. Like clear, clear pe- crystal clear Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a clear drink and it was like blackberry flavored or raspberry flavored. It was delicious. I, okay, so two <laughs> things that are insane. One is waiting at this – so I, I, I make fun of my daughter for this all the time. She, I said, this is crazy. But this is basically their equivalent of hanging out at the, the corner of the soda fountain right. back in the 1950s yep. and you would get fancy – Malts and cream soda, uh, Brooklyn egg cream or something like that from the soda jerk. And there's a whole deal, but like in like in Back to the Future. And it's there or the equivalent of me going to Friendly's ice cream in the 80s Uh, getting a fribble. So I do think that there is a good argument for there being an express lane for drip coffee. Okay, yes, they suggested express lane for, for black coffee. I mean, I just think that's a good. That's not a bad it idea. It really depends Especially on how at the many airport, people... by the way. Oh, yeah. Because you're trying to get in and out of there. And I, I don't drink black coffee, but mine is simple enough that it's nothing like And a separate serve yourself station for yes. sugar and cream. Now, we can't do that because COVID, obviously, because COVID knows when the, when, the, when the stuff has been out. So That is, okay, here's, <laughs> here was the frustrating thing. Here was the other frustrating thing. Was My advice, by the way, avoid the drive through Go up. I do this at McDonald's or wherever. It's always, almost always faster to go in person to order. But here's the frustrating thing. In the piece, they interview a spokesperson for Dunkin' Donuts asking about the black coffee problem. Right. 
And that person suggested, oh, well, he can always order his black coffee ahead of time in advance on the app. So now I have to use my phone, my iPhone SE, by the way. So this is a boomerang. It is on. a boomerang to order a black coffee. I can't go up now and just get a black coffee. I do order ahead on the app when I go. Oh, and by the way, this I will say, too crazy now. I, I want to see them make it on the spot and get it. That's this, what I want. this stuff proliferates, and I know I need to take personal responsibility for my Starbucks order, but I did start adding stuff because people are adding stuff all around you, and there you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. What, should I try that? So now, like at Christmas time, I'll get like a little, like a quarter pump of peppermint in there because I'm like, well, that's festive, and I do heavy cream. That's my that's my high maintenance thing. Do you, do you need like a very powerful heavy I, steel actually, spoon to churn it? There's a butter churn it's, it's actually a butter churn. that you can go <laughs> get the cream out down. of. <laughs> Just got to pound that thing. That's I actually have to churn it mm-hmm. and then it takes me a long time to get a Starbucks order is what I'm saying. But did you know that when I grew up in my hometown in the 1990s, there was still a an old fashioned drugstore on the main drag oh. near my house oh. where they had a soda jerk, fa- the whole thing. I would love full that. Yeah. soda jerk found. It was run, it was called McDonald's drugstore, and it was an older couple that owned the drugstore and had, you know, for generations that family had owned it, and it was an amazing treat for us. We got to go after school. We would go to this place after school and get our soda, and Mrs. McDonald, if you were nice enough, would let you come back and make your own soda. So you get oh to push God. the pumps. Oh come on now! You had to push the pumps, oh. or you could sometimes I would splurge and get a malt. It was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And she had, oh, she was so sweet. She had all these collages of class pictures of us. So all the kids who frequented the drugstore would bring their class pictures in and she'd put them up on the wall. You could find yourself when you were in second grade. And, and now it's- Idyllic. What, it, it, now it, what is it now? So <laughs> it was bought at some point. They had, they retired. It was bought at some point and now it's more of a hipster drugstore because you didn't really need like, you know, the seat- they had like shelves filled with like old tinctures and then you know the seat that you sit in in the shower if you're an elderly person like there were strange what? things in the drugstore oh yeah oh, i was, see oh yeah it's a drugstore yeah, it's an actual drugstore it's an actual drugstore yeah. drug so like the banks of tinctures were were gone and ointments so now it sells like durham t-shirts but there's i think the i think the soda fountain survived i hope it was a really special part of my childhood Beautiful. The, I, I could use that sit there and shower by the but way one of my one of the first features I ever wrote in a journalism class was about Mr. and Mrs. McDonald. Oh. I wonder if I still have it. If I do, it's on a floppy disk. <laughs> no, we're not getting old. No. Nah. That just wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am MK Hammer on Twitter, MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thank you for being with us. I will be a guitar hero within the month so stay tuned for that or i'm running off to join a cult with tony for only 16 dollars a month thanks for being here guys we're getting hammered responsibly here at nebulous media Day.